Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Real Solution Podcast. Hey. Woo, woo. It's your favorite rule breaker, Brandon. Our lovely redhead is with us, and we are so excited. How are you doing? I am doing great. Guess what's happening in like two days? It's the big vote. (laughs) Election day is coming up. I am so excited. Now, I have already early voted. Did you early vote? I did. A lot of people did. I did. The numbers were astronomical this year for early voting. In some places, they're higher. Some places, they're saying are lower. Um, But, but. I think that they believe that they're lower is their thought is because of uh, higher mail-in voting. Gotcha. Yeah, so election day is this upcoming Tuesday, November the 3rd. So make sure you do your civic duty. Get out and vote if you have not already done so. Because um, we're excited. This is going to be great. It is. I, I do you think it's going to be as big of a turning point as people think that it is? You know, I I I hope it is. Um, just because this is probably one of the most intense elections we've had in 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 a couple presidencies. Um, so I hope that it's a significant difference either way. Um, And I say that not because of like my candidate, but I'm saying to the point where we don't have to question the validity and make it worse. Um, Because, you know, then you start getting into close, tight races and then you're going to have people saying, I won, they won. You just don't even want it. You want it to be so significant that there's an obvious winner. Well, I... I'm going to I'm going to lay all my cards on the table. I voted for Trump. I actually Shocking. ended up and I've <laughs> never done this before. I actually ended up all the candidates I voted for were Republican. Usually I have a mix. Mm-hmm. Um but I did solidly vote Republican. And as we go through the podcast, uh, I'll go I'll share the reasons why I made that decision, but I did not really honest to goodness make my decision who I was going to vote for until just a couple of days before I did my vote got you you know I I am uh, a voter for uh, former Vice President Joe Biden and his uh, candidate for Vice President Kamala Harris Um, and in actuality I voted Democratic all the way down Um, I would definitely expect there to be a mix um, but from what I'm a lot more what sort I'm looking for informed of my candidates because I this is only the second time I've ever voted oh my gosh it is the second time the first time I voted was Obama's first uh, not his first I think his re-election because I was in high school when his first <laughs> did you vote for Obama I did vote for Obama um, now at the time that yeah was his uh, re-election for his second time because I was in college then um, I did not vote the second time um, I was still registered to vote yeah, not the second time um, during the 2016 election I was still registered in a different state um, politics yeah I've stated clearly politics have never been just my interest but I think in the last four years people have come to realize how necessary the civic duty of voting is. Um, Not just from the presidential candidate standpoint, but from what you expect out of, you know, your economy and your taxes and, you know, what it means when, you know, you have issues such as systemic racism happening. People are getting a lot more informed. So I think people have uh, realized it's a lot more of a civic duty that needs to be done than just, oh, I voted. No, I'm glad. I, one thing I, I, Brandon is very aware of this. I took a 10 week constitution course and I 
You know what? It'll be up on our website and everything where you can go if you decide you want to do that. But the only reason I bring that up right now is one of the things in the Constitution that they stress strongly is you have a duty to vote, a duty to vote every time so that your voice is heard. Um, and it's not just on your candidates sometimes, because there are sometimes they put things on the ballot that you need to be informed on. And what funny was because on ours, there was a vote on um, alcohol sales by the glass or oh, singly. Wow. And um, my daughters did not really know what it was. They cast a vote for it, and they're like, I hope I didn't go the wrong way, because they really didn't know the background. And so people, you've got, we've been on autopilot so long, just letting, because we've trusted our government. And, and this is not a podcast to be down on government as much as it is to be down on ourselves. We elect them, and I. Th this is my view, and then you can give yours, Brandon. My view of why this presidential election is so tense is because there have been so many things done and said over decades. Things that have been changed, and then people go, but we need to go back to what it was really supposed to be. But some people don't want to go back. But some people don't understand how the process is supposed to work. I, you know, I had to make my apologies a couple of months back because I did not understand that even the Senate race at that point was a primary and not the actual seating of the Senate. Um, I'm better educated now so that going forward, when we do talk about these elections every two years, we know who's actually a primary and who's actually being elected. But people get involved because it's, we have let politicians and government officials run our lives to the point that there's so much tension because we didn't take responsibility for what we could have controlled. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a process issue. Um, I do think that is a very important component of it. Um, but I definitely think it's more of what's happening in society. You, you, you have so many different types and groups of people, um, so many different circumstances that take place and I think that you are entering into a generation where they are a lot more active about the responses that take place to these circumstances, no matter what side you feel that it's on. Um, and so that has not happened in the past. We just, like you said, been content. Um, so I think, I, I think the well, part of the problem is. Okay. Oh, I, I agree. I, and that's why, you know what? And we've had a conversation about education and we're going to do some um, episodes on it. You know, we've got schools that are taking away grading systems. Um, so that's something you, we want you all to look at so that we can talk about that in the future because some of the things... I think in the presidential election right now, we've not heard a lot about education. I, I drilled some of my local officials. The day before I went and cast my vote was the day I decided who my uh, house representative would be. And I was very pulled between the two candidates. One candidate had some good ideas about education but then she kind of blew it at the end. Um, there's a lot of mixed messages about virtual right now versus being in school. I I fully believe that we've got to get the we've got to get the schools open back up. 
I don't, I mean, you tell me, do you really think that we can stay in this chaos? They're saying that we may not see light at the end of the tunnel until 2022 on this virus. I had that expectation early on. So I, I, you know, I think it is sustainable. Um, Here's the thing. Everything comes down to a dollar. You know, I don't, I don't, that's not my mentality. Um, We've gotten so content with this, this lifestyle of money. Um, We've said this before, this, this whole pandemic has proved that even these businesses are living paycheck to paycheck because the moment something happened, they were broke, couldn't afford to pay for this, can't do that. And that also proves that there's money in the wrong places or people accept their money in the wrong places. So, you know, my expectation, health and safety over money, any day. There are alternatives. There are ways to do this. So, I, you know, I think the people that, I think some people that make the biggest fuss out of it or some organizations that make the biggest fuss out of it, it's a money situation. Well, see, now my biggest deal and I'm and I've kind of like you said we've talked about the money part of it I think the money aspect has destroyed many facets of our life we are way too focused on money but my bigger thing is my freedom my freedom to make my decision myself now with that decision and I've said this many times I have to make my decision with respect to others and I think that's what everybody says it's all about me I you've got to look at me I, I deserve I des- well, no 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 it is about all of us we all have to live together I'm not one for the mask I applaud Trump for not being tied to a mask. I know that makes a lot of people mad, but let me also say, if I go out into public, if I'm in a facility where nobody's wearing a mask, I'm, I don't put mine on. But if I go into a facility that has mandated that it's a mask or a majority of the people have a mask on, I wear my mask Mm -hmm. because that to me, I do owe my fellow citizens the respect to put it on. I do not think at all that it should be mandated. And I've said this time and time again, uh, the wonderful mayor of Nashville and many other cities, he's not by far, he's not the only one. We did this back ass words. We shouldn't have locked everything down. You cannot control something you do not have a vaccine for. You just can't do it. And people who mishandled this in the beginning um, with the nursing home issue, you know, you had governors and mayors who were putting sick individuals with COVID into a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Now tell me that that was going to come out good. <laughs> you know, I was, on, I was on the opposite end of the spectrum. I definitely was okay with the mask or the mask mandate. Um, it, like you said, it's the respect for others. That, that's really the issue that I have for it. Um, you know, you, you make the valid point of you can't control something that you don't have a vaccine for. Hell, we have a flu vaccine, but does it does it cure the flu? No. Um, exactly. So logically, I understand that. But do you know how long it took them to get a smallpox vaccine? Mm-hmm. It was like fifteen years. Yeah, it takes time for that stuff. And it hasn't been eradicated for that long. You know, my here's my thing with all of that is that because it we recognize the nature of this disease going around and its rate that it was killing people um, and affecting their bodies because let's be clear people a, a significant amount of societies don't have healthy immune systems just based on dietary habits 
you know. And there's a whole nother subject. You talk, <laughs> you know, people talk about the hippies and the organics and the vegetarians and whatever the natural and holistic measures that they take. And they look at them from the opposite end. But those people care for their bodies and they understand the nature of their body and how it's producing. So like you said, that's a whole different conversation. So this, I essentially believe that um, the whole pandemic was taking lives at a very significant rate. With that being said, with the mask and everything that comes with it, it, I'm willing to accept wearing a mask to protect other people. Not even that I'm considering the protection of myself. There are children around. I just, I look at it in a manner that says you won't give a child the the slightest respect to having a life because you don't want to wear a mask to potentially prevent this pandemic from getting even worse. Um, Children don't have strong immune systems. You do have a group of elderly who are in considered a high risk group. It really is a risk. I'm not elderly, but I am in the high risk group. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that's why we have two two terms. <laughs> um, I yeah, thought I'd put that out there. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a respect situation. Um, I, I think the whole it takes away my freedom. I don't call that an agenda. I just think it came down to people who wanted to make a case to why not do it. Why not do it? Well, well like it I said, I, I think we did it all. Well, I just think we did everything backwards. I think that we should have put all of the precautions out there. Here's the here's my other debate with the mask. I'll tell you straight up, I don't think that it works. I fully, based on my research, do not believe that that mask fixes or helps anything. Um, research that I've seen shows that um, because people are reusing their masks, whether it's a business or a personal level, um, they are inhaling um, respiratory contaminants that cause them to get sick anyway. It's just a different sick. Um, I also, the medical staff in the beginning, go back and honestly research the beginning, no, masks don't help. And then, oh, wait a minute. And and we've got them flipping again. You've got a lot of them that are saying masks do not contain viruses. Viruses are too small. So with that being said, when I say, because I strongly think that they are infringing on individual people's rights. And the reason that I say that is because we've, we've conditioned people to think that they don't know what they're doing you have no idea what's good for you well that's not true i know what's good for me when i sit here and tell you i don't believe in a mask and i i do wear it for the comfort of other people not my comfort um because whenever i wear it i wake up in the middle of the night hacking thinking i got corona because of the fibers out of the masks but I stay home. I do not go out very much. I still use shopping to pick up my stuff. Um, I think I've been out maybe four or five times in the past two or three months that I actually got out of my car and went in somewhere. Mm -hmm. I just, because I'm at high risk, I just kind of avoid it. I'm blessed enough to be able to work at home. Um, if, But I have two members of my household that are not. And they do take all the precautions because we also have a toddler in the house. Mm-hmm. So I think that we have to educate people to think for themselves and do research get off the tv because i'm going to tell you right now the news channels their job i think they believe is to scare the hell out of you (laughs) you laugh but i have to get off the tv and go to my computer 
a lot of times because the TV stresses me out. Well, that's and then the I na- get worried. That, that's the nature of journalism, though. I, you know, I think scare the hell out of you may be an, an exaggeration, but the shock value, the headlining, that stuff is strategic for people who study broadcasting and journalism, including myself. It's it's designed to make you look at it. Um, so how people perceive it. You know, now that's that's a whole different scenario, but it's designed to draw you in with, I guess, a level of exaggeration is what we, but we don't use that word. But when you get in, be fair. I agree. I, and that brings, that's a different conversation. That's a different conversation because a lot of people love to say these media outlets oh. are <laughs> segued into a particular party, and I want to have that discussion as to where because these journalism sites and these outlets. Well, we're going to have a little bit of it now because of the. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm just saying these journalism and media outlets sites from what I can see, do display their journalism with multiple views on both sides. That doesn't, now, you know, unless you're reading something which is considered technically an op-ed that has a distinct position of this is what I feel, which doesn't necessarily mean that they're associated with the media outlet themselves. I, you know, I'm just, I'm looking at the journal, the, uh, the article itself. You know, if I read a, an article on NPR and it, you know what, I'll give you an example because I have one pulled up. You know, it says Republican voter suppression efforts are targeting minorities, minorities journalist says. Okay, so, you know, there's that. You know, off the headline, you're automatically thinking this is anti-Republican. I haven't even read the whole thing yet. Um, in that same part, if I have the second... Um, article that has similar information but from the opposite party so then how do we get to this oh CNN is pro-conservative you know MSNBC is anti-democrat you know I'm just I want all of I want all the smoke as the folks say I want all of it show me the receipts where is it if you can show me that every article on this outlet's site is pure anti-democrat then that's a clear indication but i haven't seen it and i want people to prove it to me and i myself okay. i need to prove it to myself as well well we're going i'm going to talk about that very thing with the presidential election i can tell you that i honest to goodness believe that cnn and what is it uh msn cs i can't get my initial straight there's a lot of them. NBC, MSNBC, all of them. <laughs> okay. Um, when the issue came out with Trump on Russia collusion and all of that, that is all you heard on the news. It was saturated with it day and night. Mm-hmm. Agreed? Agreed. Okay. Now, they found there was no collusion and he was exonerated from that. But they didn't come out in full force with that. And I guess that's because that portion doesn't sell. But now you've got the same thing with Biden and it's not saturated day and night. You hear a snippet here and there, but they're not reaming him for the same thing they reamed Trump for. And this is someone who's, and people have come back and said, but he's not the president. You're right. He is vying to be the president. And you don't think that that's important enough, but it hasn't been substantiated. Up to and including Twitter and Facebook yanked, is it the New York Times, off because they said theirs was not substantiated. Well, how did they substantiate all of Trump's when Trump, they found it didn't happen? And there's a video, have the video on Biden where he specifically, what was, what do they call it? Uh, the pro quo thing, quid, quid pro, pro quo. quo. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were hitting Trump on. They had Biden actually on video threatening to not give a billion dollars worth of aid 
if they didn't fire the prosecutor who was investigating Burisma. So you still think that that the those news organizations were treating them fairly? So based off of that, I, I'm still not showing where because it sounds like we're just saying because we think this one was this issue wasn't as substantially shown that they're one sided. And to me, that's not credibility. That's not enough for me to say, okay, this particular news source um, is leaning in this direction because there are numerous stories. You know, if I say CNN or let's use someone else, if I say this news station is showing more international news than local news, then I automatically think they're not for this country. That's the same type of example that I'm getting because it's not substantially shown. So I need more than that, that we are getting this particular issue was shown more than anything. If they are not hammering Biden for the very same thing that they hammered Trump, that's telling me that they're leaning one way or the other. To me, the news is supposed to be unbiased. That if you're going to hammer somebody, you better hammer both sides. And when you've got, I I have all but, I very seldom tweet anymore. But you can catch me on Parler. And the reason I do that is Parler does not censor. It's bipartisan. So you can be conservative or non-conservative they do not censor and that's what i like i don't want you to censor what you're giving me give it to me every bit of it and let me make the decision i so to me i think that that's how the media sways us used to everybody said fox was ultra conservative and all that and fox has come around because people stopped watching them i want to hear all the news if you had a hangnail this morning and you're running for president, damn it, I want to know it. <laughs> I, definitely <laughs> I mean, we. I definitely think that they should be unbiased. Um, you know, I definitely know that the level of information that circulates these days, I think people take it out of shape because things aren't being talked about. And I actually sent that to somebody one day because they're posting something on all uh, they're saying the outlets aren't the media doesn't show you this the media doesn't show you that and i responded back to this individual and said you just sent me five different links from five (laughs) damn different media outlets so how are you going to tell me that the media is censoring or controlling this so just educate me there five different media sources five different issues and it does not matter to me that he he this individual is leaning towards the conservative side I, I, I'm here to correct that. I'm just trying to figure out, I said, you just sent me five different outlets. So how is it that you're gonna tell me that the media does not report on these things when you have them from media outlets? I, I don't think that it's that they don't report on it. I think they report it, but their reporting is much more reduced for one candidate than the other. That's because I'll tell you, I've I've heard I could send you all this. Now, that could possibly be true, because at the end of the day, these are organizations that people work for and they could have someone instructing them to say, we want as much content on Joe Biden as we could get. That's a definite possibility. So how do we take that and associate that the organization itself is, you know, a conservative organization? Um, because these are individual writers. Let, let's be very clear about that. These, these media outlets have all of these different journalism journalists from different backgrounds, this, that, and the third. So how are we to say that they are they, that the organization itself, because of the writers, are this are this way? So therefore, it's not because a the platform source. controls your platform controls, and you can go back. You know they. Um, 
uh, a lot of your conservative news people have had to go out on their own because they they will tell you that they were fired from their organization because they felt they were too conservative. We don't want that story. That's too conservative. And and the narrative right now is because the what's the correct way to the more liberal side is that is that the correct term i don't even know I, you know i feel like liberal leaning or conservative leaning makes sense it's not are the two okay yeah I, i'm not here to offend anybody but i'm a normal human being so i i think that the liberal side is the squeaky wheel gets the oil um you know we did episodes on race Brandon and I don't always see eye to eye on race. I truly think that it more of a race by skin color. I think that it is more of a discrimination amongst economic platforms and levels. I think that when we talk about um, biasing, it's the squeaky wheel gets the oil. That's who's making the most noise that's who we're going to report the most on i have a real problem this was we talked about the protests and stuff with the media focusing on something but not showing the people what really is going on my favorite phrase that came out of that mostly peaceful protesting well you're either peacefully protesting or you've got unpeaceful protesters and usually once the un the unruly ones started where what happened to the peaceful people they went home and so that has become a big part of the presidential race mm-hmm. law lawfulness versus lawlessness i agree it is a very significant portion um, especially after I think it was Philadelphia a couple of days ago, if I'm correct, you know, I'm sh- and I already knew. It. I said I'm sure someone's gonna have a field day with this and say they're looting and damaging and all these other things. So well, and we, and we've come we've we've come to terms we don't agree about that. I I think that it is very unlawful. It's disrespectful. It's a lack of integrity and character when you go out and you're setting fire and destroying people's businesses, businesses that some people put their heart life savings into, and now it's been destroyed. And people go, oh, they got insurance. No, they don't, because most insurance policies have written in that you do not get paid for civil uprisings and things like that a lot of people lost everything and we're not talking just about a monetary value to it their livelihood they can't make they can't feed their family now yeah i i definitely know there are stories on there you know and i was completely on the opposite end not because i think it's right Uh, i definitely don't promote that i have to say that because let me tell you something this is not the purge don't go out there. <laughs> I don't get down well, with it. You don't know how glad. <laughs> I don't get down with it. I'm not participating. Keep it. Um, but I look at it from the perspective of these people are right now in a state of being angry, and they're telling that why they're angry, and this is unfortunately a result of that anger because nothing's being done in their honor. So when you tell me, for example, when I saw it on the news that the Walmart got raided the other day, uh, I think it was in Pennsylvania, you know, you're gonna have a lot of individuals who have this mentality of who cares? It's a Walmart, it's a major organization that is receiving all of these funds, all of this tax credit, probably has some investment in some form of political interference. Um, I can't speak for what. And so it is merchandise from distributors that is insured or there's a level of significant insurance. And in that city of unrest, wherever that took place and whatever it is that that community is not getting and those actions took place, there's a, there is a mutual feeling of who cares? 
this is what has been brought onto this community. So why is this the next level of thing that we should care about? So I, I'm just here to not necessarily advocate for those people, but letting it be known as to why. Because I, I'm not seeing, I am not seeing a bunch of small business owners. You know, look, people love to give me that argument. Well, we they lost everything, and that's wrong. I worked hard. Someone on Facebook gave me the same thing. If that was your business, and this, that, and the third, and I said, well, I'm not seeing these small businesses. Um, granted, again, I'm not wishing that on anybody, but can you can you produce that for me and show me just produce all of that information that you're trying to. Um, and I'm gonna come back to you that. and go. What you don't have the internet? <laughs> hey, you know I'm not like these millennials. I don't like all this technology. <laughs> you are a lying dog. <laughs> I don't like all of it. I listen. I, everybody knows I hate my phone and my phone bill. I I I miss the house phone days. <laughs> I do have the have the house phone. Because right here, I can tell you, Minnesota newspaper lists over 360 local businesses that were destroyed to major retail change, such as... Um, See, that that right there is, is something you have to dive into. Local businesses. In what manner are they using local businesses? Because you and I should have the understanding that when you say local, you mean mom and pop in this community, but people don't use their vernacular excuse me, their language as they should be. Because when they say local, they're just saying in this area. And that's not what we're referring to. Oh, but I am. I, I am talking about both. I, here's the, because I come back to, you know, I was a mom and pop store at one time. And I'll tell you right now, you know, I if you would have hit me in my first five years, six years of business, I would have, I, I couldn't have rolled out of that. Because, you know, it once you start a business, it takes an average of three to six years in order to turn a profit because you've got to pay back all of your startup costs. I go back to I think that a big portion of the protests and the looting and things like that go back to economic status. And I don't disagree because that's something I had planned to bring up and I'm sure we'll talk about it. I'm reading on, this is just quick, I'm reading on Trump's website and I clicked on education and this, that, and the third, but there was a portion where it said something about has secured this amount of uh, money for improvement of the middle class. In my opinion, the middle class does not exist these days. So um, that's a whole different conversation, but yeah. But I, you know what, I, I agree with you. The, the middle class is quickly deteriorating, which I do believe that we need to find ways to boost it up. I, I am not, and you know this, I am not a firm believer in handouts. With that being said, please don't get all up in my face over the stimulus packages. I do believe that people needed help through this. It was people were out of jobs and and lost businesses through none of the with that to say, you know what? Who determines who was already in bad shape before and who's not? Now I know Nashville was um denied funds out of the state coffer um, for repairing certain things because they didn't they didn't follow the rules I guess of how to open how to close I'm also a big advocate this is the diamond uh, the domino effect you know and this is coming back this is how we're gonna have to choose our president um, People were forced to close their businesses. Um, but while you're closed, the city's now having trouble making making its bills. So what I'm going to do is we're going to increase your property tax by 34%. 34%. That's wrong. Now you're attacking the very people that you've hurt. And that was part of my decision why I chose Trump, because I think that 
he did leave it up to the local governments, which is where it's supposed to be. Everybody thinks that the president should control every state, and that's not true. Brandon and I live in different states right now. What Brandon's state needs is different from what I need. Mm -hmm. The Constitution and stuff was set up so that you have local governance for that reason. I certainly do not want the rules that are in California and New York. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The because states, they don't apply to me. Yeah, different states definitely have different needs. I agree. And, and so people took Trump not leading, being that he didn't care and it was a weakness. But if you go back and listen to what he said, they gave all the support to the governors and the governors have to give the support to the mayors so ultimately it's your mayor and our governor had to put pressure on our mayor of nashville to get him to even a little lit up on the rules but you're going to tax me 34 percent when i don't even know if i can make it for the next three months that is wrong. Government does have the ability to increase your taxes, but they have to do it in a manner that's fair to everyone. I agree. You, I, you know, I know that's, uh, uh, I, you know, I would agree, you know, especially if I had been a homeowner, I think that would play a significant role. Oh, my property tax is going up such a significant amount. And it doesn't equate as to what you're getting out of it. So I, I would 100% agree. Um, but, you know, I, I think people are looking at the bigger pictures with their taxes and who's getting tax cuts and tax breaks and who's not getting taxed. Um, I got a big tax break. For? When Trump did the tax cuts. That directly affected a vast majority of middle class. And I know people think that, see, I just think the whole tax structure needs to be revamped. Um, I, and it's funny because in this class that I took, one of the um, hosts said the very same thing. And I thought, because you know how sometimes you'll say something and everybody just looks at you, and you so you never say it again because, oh, that was stupid. Um, I said from the time I had the convenience store that we need to get rid of income tax. Um, we just need to have state sales tax and it just needs to be consistent across the board. Everybody, everybody has to eat. Mm -hmm. So when you go to the grocery store, you have to pay tax on your food. Well, you've got some people right now who pay tax and some people who don't pay tax. No, everybody should pay tax. That's what you pay. You don't pay it out of your out of your paycheck because they're they're getting to the point. I make the money. You tax me on it. Mm -hmm. I go spend it at the store. You tax me on it. Mm -hmm. If I invest my money now, you tax me even higher on it. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at these two candidates, one of the reasons that I felt Biden wants to help, but he is looking at it from a magic wand standpoint. I would love to wave my magic wand and it just work. If we go back to when they, and I believe it was under Obama and Biden, they tried to do the tax on corporations. Well, when you jack up the taxes so high on a corporation, what are they going to do? So you've said this before, you said that they're going to leave. So what's the problem with that? Well, they're good. Well, who's, where are you going to work? They're, they're, huh? So. Well, look at Detroit. Detroit's an example. You know, when they moved a lot of the um, the facilities and stuff out there, you know, the other debate is union or non-union. Mm -hmm. um, did these guys make a stand on unions or non-unions? I, I don't know. I have not seen anything. 
I don't have it in any of my notes. I don't think that they did. Um, you know, are unions good or have they served their purpose and we don't need them anymore? That's a conversation to have, especially with, <laughs> with the way people well, take things into their own hands these days. And I think that um, as far as, you know, taxing corporations, I think what is wrong and I hated this. Uh, Amazon's a perfect example. Everybody bid for Amazon to bring a hub to their area. Mm-hmm. Amazon didn't want to pay any taxes. Right. And so that's where the battles came in. Who is going to, and, and we did Dell Computer the same way when we got Dell. They didn't pay any corporate tax at the time. Mm-hmm. So you have to hope that the tax on their employees. But now you don't have anything for your infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I I would like to have heard these two candidates talk more strongly about the details, and neither one did. Um, I think you revamped the whole thing. We don't pay individual tax. Um, they don't pay corporation tax as long as they put pensions back in place. Good strong health care you just took the two major concerns off of individuals for their daily paycheck that now I can live a little more comfortably I'm going to do my job I want to do it well because I don't want to lose my pension Mm -hmm. I don't have to go looking for another job as quickly because I've got excellent health care. Mm-hmm. I mean, we worked for a company that gave us great health care. Agreed. Absolutely. Still do. And so when you think about leaving, it may not have been as strong for you as it is me because there's quite an age difference and I have a family and it's just you. But if you've got a medical issue, you definitely think, do I want to go where someplace I'm going to have to pay? I mean, my husband, when we switched to my insurance, we were paying $1,200 a month out of pocket for just the premiums. That wasn't the co-pays and that wasn't our, our 20%. Right, just to have it. So people worry about those things. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that corporations have piddled away. They just don't have a balance. You know, when you see these people, and that's why they were so mad, I think, at Trump, thinking he was giving to the rich. But if those corporations aren't there, if they go belly up, just like your personal, where are people going to work? If we tax a corporation so high that they can, Burger King is a perfect example. You can go back and research them. They moved their headquarters years ago to Canada because Canada has a more flat rate corporate tax. They they don't either, capitalism is either all or nothing sometimes. We have to find that balance and CEOs and stuff. I'm sorry. You guys can just be pissed as hell at me. I don't care. Most of you make way too much money and you have forgotten to take care of your employees. Mm -hmm. You have forgotten that moral obligation that got you where you are. Well, see, and that's kind of the biggest issue for a lot of people. I actually, there's a, a video that circulates and I'll have to find it for everyone to see where a guy talks about. Uh, who was in sports and he makes all this money and he's like I want them to tax me I want them to take this money he goes at the end of the day it does hurt when I see my million dollar check go to a $600,000 check but I can substantially live off of $600,000 and if that remaining $400,000 is going into these communities or into these schools or into the infrastructure or wherever it's going appropriately who cares there are other people in the world so that was his whole bid in that video and I definitely got to find it to share with everyone but that's what people are missing these people these corporations got all this money and they think oh if I get taxed I'm going to have nothing people are living off of less than $100,000 but then I come back to your athlete but then I come back to your athlete 
Why do you have to be forced to pay tax for it to be helped? Why aren't you taking your money and your happy little behind out to those communities and say, hey, I got $400,000. Let's fix some things. So that's a personal or moral objection. I can't speak on that. That's on them. But that's what, I, no, no, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That's what I would ask him. You're saying that it's okay if they tax you for it. But you want to know where it's going, then why the hell don't you just take your four hundred thousand to the community that you probably came from? No, no, he didn't ask a where vast he, majority of our he, athletes. He did not ask where oh. it was going. No, 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 he did not ask where it was going. They were talking about tax structure because a lot of them were upset, or there was a conversation about being taxed. And he said, "I want them to tax me. I don't care, you know, if it's because our assumption here's here's the little cluelessness that everybody doesn't like to talk about in our in our minds and in our reality. When they take this money, it's going to where it's supposed to. Oh, if I donate my fifty dollars to this fund, I you know my mind is where it's supposed to. So when people have when he says stuff like that, that's what he means of I don't care when it's going. I'm not asking questions. If they're taking my money and they're not supposed to know them." that my taxes are going into the communities for my infrastructure, for my lights, for my roads. We think that. Now, I'm sure if we do a little diving into that, which we have in some of these, uh, <laughs> some of these, uh, the, the funds that these cities get and, and all this other stuff, and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. I can tell you right now, Chattanooga been working on their infrastructure since I was in elementary school. <laughs> I would like to know what they do with their money because it's just they've been working my whole life. So, yeah. He okay, didn't, I misunderstood he, what yeah, you said. He did not question where his money was going. They were talking about well, to being taxed. I guess I misunderstood the statement because originally you said, if they're taking my taxes and they're putting it where it needs to go, I, that's why I took he was questioning if they're, because I question that all the time. We know they don't put the money where it's supposed to go, especially when you have a senator, and I will not name her, everyone will know who she is, sitting on social media eating her $15 a pint ice cream complaining about lockdowns. <laughs> yeah, no, I he they, I just know, and I have to show it to you so that way you can see it. They were just having a conversation about being taxed, and because a lot of the other okay, his other components were, I don't want to be taxed. You know, like you said, if I go from a million dollars all of a sudden six hundred thousand dollars, oh my god, I lost four hundred thousand dollars. His point was, you can still live, and I agree. There are people that make you know, of course, people want to make money and live comfortably and have money to spend. But people do it. People do it less than $100,000. People do it less than $500,000. There and there, there you segued right into one of my other reasons why I made my choice. Um, I don't care where, you know, I don't care how much money Trump has had. That's, he was in the private sector, made his money. I know there was a big to-do over his taxes. Um, I truly believe the $750 was either because I've had to pay to get mine extended because I didn't have all my paperwork together or I was waiting on something. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you, you know, I have friends who are in business who prepay their taxes. And so they end up with a refund because they paid more than that they should have. I don't know what his tax deal is. I don't care. I don't care what Biden's tax thing is. Trump has been in the private sector for decades. Biden, on the other hand, has been in politics for decades and has six houses. How do you do that as a public servant? I, I was not aware of that information. I have not seen Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, he and Jill have six houses. So what and is people our, say, what is our issue with that? Because if you're in public service and you're making 200,000 a year or less, I forget what his, his, uh, amount was. I think senators make right around $200,000. How do you have $6 million mansions? Hmm, okay. So, now that doesn't take I don't to the like fact the, that we don't know what his personal finances look like. That's just our assumption of this is what you make, 
but you own six million dollar homes. <laughs> How does it add up? Well, exactly. And you could, you know, I, I could see you having one or two. But if you've been a public servant and he wasn't in office all that time, and I get his wife is a doctor, but she has been right by his side in public office. But that came out because of his son. And that's where they propose some of this money came from. Okay. I'm, I'm skeptical. You know, your son's finances should not coincide with yours however you allowed that to happen and i just don't think he's addressed that enough but see i think that's the issue just there is one of the reasons that i i think the issue there is that we're wanting too much of someone's personal life when that's not the issue on the table but and, but it, the expectation was from trump see right there you went one way or the other if you're going to demand it of trump why aren't we demanding it of biden who, I, or so, drop it with Trump. So, are, I mean, are we specifically talking about taxes, or we're talking about? Because I, I think we're on two different, uh, two different not views, but we're the, the talking personal- about their money. We're talking about people who are going to be in charge of the country, how they how they got their money. I mean, we've demanded people's tax returns. I, I, I still think those are two different levels because we're talking about people wanting to know his tax returns and him not paying taxes when the majority of the world are pay, the, the country is paying taxes versus someone who owns six houses and we want to know where his income came from, which it sounds like we want to see if there's a scandal there. Those are two completely different pictures especially when you're talking about the community and societies. I see why people want to look at the tax portion because I have to pay, let's say, $900 in taxes, making $36,000 a year. So then it's understandable, understandable, not saying I agree, but I'm saying it's understandable why these communities or people want to say, okay, well, the president, like you said, has been in the private sector, is a uh, now the president of the United States with a $400,000 salary as well for that. But he pays us allegedly this amount of money in taxes. Wait, okay, how does that me, happen? Wait, hold on. Let me have you gone into business for yourself before? Um, not to the level that these people have business. Well, even at any level, did you have? have it set up as a corporation not a corporation no okay here's the difference because i i set mine up as a corporation to protect me which it didn't do very well protect <laughs> me against well because i had a girl embezzle money right so the protection wasn't there i was still the president of the company i was still responsible mm-hmm. but the whole time i had the corporation i got tax returns i got money from the taxes I paid. Do you know why? Tell me why. Because I paid a crap load in corporate taxes. Okay. So I was an employee of the corporation. Mm-hmm. The corporation is responsible for those taxes. I'm not responsible for it personally. Mm-hmm. So my, if you pulled my tax returns, if I'm, when I go running for office and I'm sure that it's going to happen here soon, not president. <laughs> um, but when people want to see my tax returns during that that six years, they're going to go, why didn't you pay taxes? Because as an employee of the corporation, I wasn't responsible for it. You owned the business. But you see how I was easy the- it was for you to say that? So What's that? I'm just saying in general, you see how easy that was for you to say that and explain to that, that like there was nothing to hide? <laughs> so you know that that's another point that people bring up if it's that clear why isn't it able to be told well because i i'm not putting anybody down <laughs> I, you get so high up in organizations my husband and i debate this all the time see i didn't vote for for trump the first time because of his bankruptcies yeah, I think he's had, what, seven? I, it's, I, well, I don't know if it was seven. I know of three. Okay. 
because I, I'm a peasant. In the world out here, you and I are peasants. Yeah. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just trying to put it in layman terms. I mean, I I have some investments. I take care of my family. I'm not I'm not as comfortable as I would like to be. I'm not as bad off as as I I fear some people are. But once you get to a certain level, he doesn't run anything. People Explain. run for him. Okay. Um, oh, okay. That make that make, you don't have to. That makes sense. I got you. You, you finished it. <laughs> okay. So when he did come back and explain the seven hundred and fifty dollars, it was his accountant told him it's because you prepay your taxes. You overpaid. This is what was and, left. And I have seen this. I have seen that where he made that statement. Um, you know, now the argument there is, okay, you told me that and it makes sense. Prove it. So well, on the other end, because I, I want to make sure I'm not leaving nobody out. I think that is a completely different segue than questioning the the personal life or the personal assets of Biden because we think his finances don't add up as if to implicate there might be a scandal. Now, obviously, if somebody is doing their job and there is something, some issues, then that will come to light. Well, but to me, it's a, your money is a ball. How you get your money, the whole thing, you can't just say, Oh, this piece is personal. This piece is business. This piece is political. They're all a picture of you. I want to know how you afford six million dollar mansions when you have been in public service for years. And see, I'm the opposite. I, you know, and I, his I, taxes, his taxes do not reflect six million dollar homes. That's where that's where I'm coming from. You're telling Trump his money does not reflect what he's doing or his integrity, but we don't question that with Joe. See, I, I think I am I'm a bit different. I, I definitely think if you have separations in all of them, there's nothing wrong with that. If you tell me that you have uh, a home, un, you know, from your business, and then the personal home then that's just what it is. I wouldn't question. But if his taxes don't reflect being able to afford that, why are we not questioning that? We question Trump. See, but then that, that leads me more into the, that, that we're getting more into the personal life there. That means you want to know every financial decision the man has made with his personal money, and there's no obligation for that. Then I don't want to know Trump's either. I honestly don't give a damn... To be honest with you, I want to know, I want to know how you've managed your life, how you've managed your finances in business or personal, because you are now going to represent me, not only in this country, how you're going to manage the money that we give you, but also in retrospect with other countries as well. I agree. I, I completely agree. Now, I don't think there's an issue with knowing the tax situation because I respectfully, if I'm expected to pay $900 in taxes at the end of the year, making $36,000, but you have millions of dollars that may not be paying taxes, I think that's good information to make an argument. Um, even if but, you, but if, he if, didn't do it on a personal level. If, even if it's a I But that's what taxes. I'm saying. But he paid taxes as a corporation. That's what I'm saying. Even I would pay. Case, even if that's the case, that's perfect. Then if, if all of that matches and lines up, there's nothing to question. I I, I just don't. If it, it all is well, exactly. there and lines up, there's nothing to question. I, I would not. Okay. Just want that. It's for both parties. I would agree. You've been in. You, your taxes don't reflect being able to own Six, not one, not two, six million dollar mansions. I want you to balance your budget for me. 
Now, That's just, all I'm saying. Now, I'm pulling I up. want it from both parties, not just one or the other. I agree. Now, the other part of that is there are also regular people in the world who own, let's say, example, in Nashville, who own million-dollar houses and don't make million dollars. So there's that. But I'm looking up here. Um, the article that I just pulled up accordingly did a fact check that he only owns two of the four homes that have been going around stating that he owns these. The claim was that Biden owned four homes worth three to $7.5 million. Access to the deeds reflect that only, he is the only, only, uh, only owner of two. So, I agree. So, I, I, here's just, my I think if you're going to do it, make it fair. Do it for both. I just wanted to point out. I think, That's all I'm saying. I think the scheme of them were different. Taxes is something that everyone everyone does and has to pay. A home is a personal choice. So that's why I'm just looking at it on two different personal levels. I can care about how many homes. But it is homes. a personal choice. If you, but if you are living off of the taxes we're paying, your salary comes from tax money. Mm-hmm. I think there's an imbalance there. Maybe, and maybe he was a wonderful investor. You know, and I then, hope that then, that's true. Then I would charge. Also, I'd like to know how people in our regular cities do it. Then that means you got because that's a whole different door to open, especially when you talk about um, disparities in communities. Because there are plenty of million dollar homes in Chattanooga, and excuse me, in Nashville or in Chattanooga, it doesn't matter. <laughs> And exactly. These people don't make a million dollars. Hey, are we able to pause? Are you able to pause? You know what? We actually probably should wrap up and come back and do a part two because we segued into our presidential discussion, especially since the elections in two days, three days. Um, yeah. And we probably should probably do a part two. How you said? How does that sound? That way we can come back. Yeah. To these. That's. <laughs> Okay, so we'll do that, guys. We will give you a part two of our presidential race episode, especially with the election being on November 3rd. If you haven't already, make sure that you get out and vote on the day when it happens. We're going to talk about um, our presidential candidates and a few of their highlighting points, as well as (laughs) voter suppression. I think we segued pretty good into this because those are a lot of things that people are talking about leading up to the election. Well, exactly. That you know, it's not that we want to drag things out or hammer dead horses, but these are the conversations that are going on at people's kitchen tables, as they like to say. I agree. Just look at people's Facebook. <laughs> oh, and Twitter. <laughs> and Twitter. Okay. So and parlor. <laughs> and parlor, absolutely. So we will make sure to do a part two episode and get that uploaded for everyone to hear. Until next time, we thank you for listening and we'll see you on another episode of the Real Solution Podcast. Bye. Bye.